Welcome to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors for 2023. Redmond, somehow we're back. We've, we've managed to, uh, to re-establish ourselves. I thought you were going to say you're actually alive. I didn't think I was going to be this year. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it while I can get it, Patrick. We are back for bigger and better Real Adventures for season 2023. Are you going to turn up? I'll be here. Oh, that's exciting. Until I'll, the end of the year when I'll, the Cattery are winning flags, then you, I'll let you go on your Norfolk Island trip. <laughs> hey, we've, um, we've had a couple of weeks off, mate. We have, and uh, hey, hey, it's a pretty easy gig, this, but it was actually really nice to just not really have commi- Down tools. commitments. Yeah, just it no was. commitments. And uh, well, Obviously, Salt Guide keeps me quite busy, and you're quite busy with your footy, and you had a break too, and it was, yeah, it was nice. It was... I was Feeling not too bad over the break either, which was good, and managed to have a bit of family time. How was your Christmas? Christy was great. We've been getting some tuny or not. Yes, we managed to... Who did we head out with? Uh, Bomber. Gary Rowan. Gaz. Bomber Farrell, who will join us on the show uh, a little later. Actually, you know, I fished off... I uh, went off Point Road night the other night, uh, the other day, and um, was flying out to get to some deeper water, and I literally... I missed it by maybe four metres, ran straight past the Mako. Oh, really? I was shattered. I didn't see it earlier. To Big one? Small one? Six foot? That's a nice one. It was nice. I'll take that in. And it was just cruising. I actually, uh, me meaning to chase a mako, it's probably not a bad thing to talk about either. It wasn't, it's not on the run sheet, but it's a perfect <laughs> time of the year to chase them. And brilliant eating shark, obviously. We, we yeah, love eating yeah. them, but we also do like seeing them in the water too and letting them swim off if they're real big. Cause Speaking of real big, uh, Port Ferry mm-hmm. in the south of Victoria is the best place to go swimming right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, we've seen, we've seen some whites. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some whites right around Australia. There's been plenty in South Australia, but within the last week, uh, there's been beaches closed around Victoria with the, with the shark activity. Now, those in Western Australia will laugh will at just this. about you start throwing implements at the radio <laughs> because it's like, mate... Every second day, something's closed. Like, West Aussies, it's like we won't close the beaches unless the shark's over four and a half metres. Yeah. If it's 12 foot, it's fine. Teeth have got to be at least three inches wide. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's just a tiger. They, <laughs> they, they only go for, you know, six in ten. It's not a white that's, you know, eight, eight from, eight we from do, nine. Well, I have seen beaches shut for seven gills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've seen beaches shut for seals, mate. Oh, really? What was it? Daniel. Uh, it was a seal. Sorry about that. Yeah, apologies. Wrong fin. It's uh, Port Ferry, though. Go back there. I reckon some research needs to be done. If it's not already, I could, there could be stuff being done. But I reckon it's a little breeding ground because... Well, uh, they don't know where the breeding dog. ground for whites are, do they? Yeah, no. Nah, there's one spot off the bottom of WA there. Uh, I forget the name of the water there, but it's... It's out quite far, but they the same sharks continue to go there, and yep. they think that that's a spot. I've seen do- multiple documentaries, and they're all around eight to ten foot, aren't they? Yeah. So, and yep. so, yeah. Well, these juveniles that are hanging off Port Ferry, salty dog. Like he's, I think he's saying that he's seen four or five now. Whether it's the same one or different one, he saw twelve last year in the same area. And right. the the problem is with juvenile great whites is they're sort of like your 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 children and my children, anyone's children. 
their hands are their mouth, unfortunately. Yes. And yeah. that's, the juvenile ones are very dangerous. Like, they are, they, re, well, they say they, they're, they're extremely, yeah, they're exploring. So, yeah, you just got to be a bit careful with the juvenile whites. Uh, not that you should be in the water with them, but if you are having to come across one on the beach and the juvenile, basically change your jocks. <laughs> so any recommendations I've got. Stay, Stay clear. clear. because they can be very uh, unpredictable. Let's go that way. Now, I went out by myself. Took the training wheels off. I oh, actually, yeah, you sent me the screenshot. Tuna. Had, but no, had no reports for it. Well, we got, <laughs> we got out. And the sea fog, you couldn't see any more than 30 metres. I, I noticed that in your photo. I was actually going to say to you, good luck finding tuna. No, we had to be in by uh, 11. Yeah. So I took my old man out and we had to be in by 11. Uh, How's his hernia kids. going? Yeah, no, not great. <laughs> not great. He missed the last trip because of it. Yes. To those out there with hernias. My old man understands your pain because when I was like humming back in, every time Sucking. we hit a wave, <laughs> better him, better him than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't fish for tuna in a fog because we could not see a thing. It makes it hard. Yeah, but yeah. bought myself some banger teaser bars. Yep, and bring, and and some rigger arms, which for a boat yep. that's for, like it's for my little staby which I launch off so the these beach. are the these are the stainless uh, rod rigger arms exactly so right they're only say two foot three foot no they wouldn't be three foot but yeah two foot on the angle yep and these are hook them so yep. they were a couple hundred bucks they're quite pricey they are but these are the adjustable ones yep and I can see that they're a game changer in terms of you need particularly them. for small like obviously for big boats but particularly for small boats because the spread You've only got two point two in beam with a you know a normal small size tinny. It just made such a significant difference. And not just that for tuna too. You, not many people run outriggers for tuna. There's a few that like to run them, but majority run the rigger arms yep. because marlin and whatnot. The outriggers have a purpose. So you're trying to run skip baits out of them, and you're running them off say elastic band. So when the marlin actually grabs it, they fall to a free weight reel. There's no weight on the reel, no drag. Where the tuna, on the other hand, we're running. Actual drag pressure. We want we want them to grab that skirted lure with a straight J hook on it, and it's going to hook up. Do so you want that pressure to engage the hook? Where the marlin, you want them to actually swim freely with it. Or free spooling, circle, basically. yeah, free spooling. Yeah. and that's why we use the outriggers. So I actually don't use outriggers because I don't like. You got to picture it that your line, say for instance, you got a fifteen foot outrigger. Just average it out. Your line goes from the rod. We're talking about the bend in the rigger. And the line. And that goes all the way up to the top and then it goes all the way back. And then it, at some point, has to have a drop. Like, it has to have some sort of slack in it. You physically can't have pressure. Yeah, it can't be the tension (laughs) on it. That's right. And that's why I'm funny on outriggers with the strike, where when we were chasing marlin, on the outriggers, we actually runs what's called a drop back, uh, which is basically you have a spool of of your own line of just pure free line. So when the marlin takes it out of the clip, another 10 metres of free line just, just, goes. just goes off the handrail yep. without even touching the weight of the reel. Even when it's unweighted, there's still a little bit of pressure there on yep. your 50s, for example, or 30s on marlin, for instance. So, yeah, there's different methods and purposes when you are chasing tuna marlin, and for example. And for the tuna, like you were saying before, those rigger arms, hook'em's the ones that I run too, they're a, they're a great, great initiative for small boats to chasing tuna. Let's talk the spread of, so running four rods. Yep. Two uh, teaser bars, two skirts. Yeah, that's pretty much what I run, yeah. Let's talk depth off the boat. Because yep. this is an important part of uh, varying the, the, the skirts that you've got to deliver 
and try and find out what the fish are, are biting on. Divers work really well too. So if you want to put a diver out, I'm not a diver person. I, th- I, I, I find divers just while we're on the spread because people will say, Why don't, do you run divers? I do run divers, but not with teaser bars because my theory with them is they jump out of the water and hit your teaser bars and it's an absolute disaster. They always jump out of the water. Divers, I don't care what brand it is. I couldn't care less what brand it is. They're all, they're all, Rapala's probably the most well-known and probably one of the better ones, but a lot of divers will jump. They don't, for some reason, you just cannot get them to swim. Uh, but they catch fish. They're extremely good. Swim consistently. They, 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 they really do catch fish. But I rather, like you said, run my two teaser bars. And how I do it is just setting it up nicely. So the first one goes out, Pat, out the back, say, oh, I, I suck at guessing on metres on water. But you, what would you say? Probably say 50 metres, 40 metres? It wouldn't yeah. be 50. No, no, no. 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 40, say 30, 30 to 40 metres. And then I actually bring another... You can run a lure in between the two teaser bars if you really wanted to, but if you start turning, you're going to have dramas. So I actually then run my second teaser bar in close, but the first one that I've put out goes up into the rod holders on the top of my boat. So they always go in the rod holders up the top, so where you're on your bimini, for example, in my boat. The next one goes on the bait board. Do you need to, um, do you need to reinforce the rod holders that you've got on your bimini? It, it depends what you're running. So, if, for example, if you've got plastic stuff up there, which a lot of boats do, like the basic, not having to dig at anyone, but the basic Quintrexes and, and the likes uh, that come with your standard plastic rod holders that might only have four or five up the top, yep. 100%. There's a, if you like, feel the pressure how much those teaser bars pull, it's a hell of a lot. Yeah. Where something like your Stabycraft that comes... Uh, Standard with some seriously good, really reinforced, reinforced stainless. Yep, I wouldn't be considering it. My boat that didn't. I've, I've actually, I actually uh, from North Bank when I got my boat, I, I actually redid all my stainless yep. up the top, but I didn't actually make it stronger. It was just I wanted more rods up there and I wanted it straighter from yep. where it come from factory. So I did that. So it depends what you're getting. Plastic, I wouldn't run with them, but stainless should be fine. And then I run out of those rigor arms that you just mentioned before. I run two lures in tight out at the side of there, and when we fish. We had uh, multiple rods going. We had the close close lure going at one stage, like the closest to the boat. So those close lures... Well, we can refer to them to their technical we're names. Short rigger, yeah. long rigger, short corner, blah, blah, blah. Five I'm trying to, to ten metres. Yeah, like they're yeah, they're not far. They're just at the back of the prop wash. Not even at the back of the prop wash. They're just on the, the outskirts of it. And what I tend to do is that lure that is closest to the boat, you'll notice that it's usually on... Uh, the far side of me so it's on the left side and I try to turn it because I can't see that way as, as good so I I like to be able to see I can see out of the right with the left I can find if I come to the school I can turn left but I can still see if the school goes to my right if it spreads to the right yep. so I like to keep my right clear and then that lure I tend to try and put in the clear water so when I start turning to favour that left hand down that puts that lure in that clear water where if it was on the other side it'd pull it through the white water so I'm always trying to think of things like that, trying to get a bite that other people probably aren't. And, it, and yeah, it definitely does uh, make a difference when you're chasing, chasing the tuna, uh, when they're being pricks, I should say. Is there ever a time when you come up on these schools that you can just drop a free-weighted pilchard? Yeah, heaps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the problem is, though, like Bomber, for instance, and this is no dig at Bomber. He's a fantastic fisherman. You could tell on the boat the other day he was terrific. Like, he was, his eyes, he could see what I could see. You can tell the bloke fishes. You can tell straight away when someone fishes every day. You can just tell. And I was watching him and he's asking to me annoying as hell questions because I do it every day. But he's asking common sense questions on the boat. Should I try this? 
try that, try that, try that. Let's do this. And it's like, without being rude, it's not going to work. Like, I've done it so many times now out the front of here, it's going to be hard to do. You need to pick... But what that's relevant to Grudel. Oh, 100%. And that's not what I'm saying. It's not a dig in the slot. He's actually right. He's technically right. Like, he should be trying. You should be yeah. trying different things. The problem was, though, I'd been on those fish for three or four days. I knew, no, I've, I, I'd already done it. I'd already busted my balls trying to do that. Yeah. And... It was like, and I wasn't having to dig back at him. Like, no, I've honestly tried it, mate. I said, you could try, you could probably cast 50 times and you may get one. I said, but what we're best off doing is using the teaser bars here. We're trying to get a reactive bite. A popper's a good way. You get a reactive bite on a popper is a great way to do it. The bungees, not so much. And these are when the fish are sunning themselves. Yeah. Which is notoriously difficult to get the pricks to get. And that's why we like the teaser bars because it's just so much noise going on. It's a reactive bite. You're literally getting them to react. And the reason you know it's reactive bite is because that goes and another fish goes straight away. It's literally reactive. You could be trolling. How many times do we get two-way hookups? Like Because one goes and the other one goes. They just react. They just turn on. They react. Now, if we had to stood there and cast all day, I don't think we would have got a fish on a bungee. If you had to use the popper when it's splashing and pushing through the water, I believe you could get a reactive bite on those fish. But if there was turns picking at those fish and those fish were feeding... Then, then you would be then bombers all over it. You'd be throwing yeah. the plastics in. You'd be throwing this. But he's just rocked up like from Grid Island. He's gone, and he's like, this is this is how you do need to fit, think as a fisherman is how bomber was. I had the advantage of being out there for fishing a few it. days fishing them, so I knew what was working. I tried everything. I've done three or four days in a row of like or within that sort of week. Yeah, tried everything because I couldn't get a bite. And the most effective way was the teaser bars, and yep. it's been like that for the last half a dozen seasons that we've had them here in these numbers. So, Can you get a fish if you don't have a teaser bar? So for those listening yeah. this morning that are keen to chase the tuna but they haven't got a teaser bar, what can you do to rig something that's similar or is it not? You can make your own daisy chains. Yeah. So buy a few of those floppy squids, as they're called, from your tackle store. Most tackle stores will have them. Uh, and you can crimp them up together on 200-pound line and put a snap swivel at the end. Yep. Put five little squids in a line maybe 10 centimetres from each other, and then have a snap on the bottom and put your lure onto that. That's sort of creating a teaser bar as such, which is known as a daisy chain. Great yep. marlin teaser. Bomber probably uses that a lot up on the sailfish, I would I would say, uses a daisy chain, and then he'd be dropping his uh, whatever. I know he does all sorts of stuff up there. Yep. So, like I said, Bomber was actually correct in fishing the fishing mentality side of things, like 100%. He was like, right, we need to try different things. We're not getting hookups here. And I'm like, no, 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 persistence here... Will work. Will work. Yes. And he, and he understood. He goes, yeah, right, okay, they like that, are they? Like, he understood. And he's the type of person to come out here, and he would work that out in two or three days. But you get a lot of punters out there that just go out there and only try the one thing, yes. where the birds are diving, and they're just using the teaser bars, and they're just using the teaser bars, and they're diving, and they're moving, they can't keep up with them, and the teaser bars, and by the time you're trawling up to them, they disappear, where if you were to set the trap and go in front of them and then change from the teaser bars to say, for instance, a bungee, a bungee or a popper or a plastic and get in front of them and set your trap like we talk about, then that would have worked extremely well because the fish are feeding. Our fish that we were targeting that day, the sunny fish, they weren't feeding. You saw them. They were literally rolling on their bellies looking like me on a beach. Not very good. So they were just rolling around upside down. So there's different methods that work at different times and being active like Bomber was on the day is definitely the 100% way to go about it. But pick up on the things that I'm saying in my report and whatnot because I will give you that sort of information. Like, 
look at the sunning fish. They're not doing anything. They're dead. How do we get the bite? We're right. Teaser bars are the go because they're going to react. All right, we can't get up to these fish right now. Teaser bars, we can't catch them. Let's set the trap. When they come up, we're going to get in front of them. We're going to cast. You'll get a bite. Things, things along those lines just to make it a little bit simpler uh, when you're targeting, uh, I guess, finicky or pain-in-the-ass bluefin tuna. But it's the fish that everyone wants to catch. 100%. 100%. And there's hundreds of boats out there doing it. And I, I love... So I really... Don't get me wrong. When I get to the ram, I'm going, oh, shit, I'll cause this today. There's going to be a lot of people out. It's a pain in the backside. But I love seeing people catch it. I get the messages. Hey, Red, thank you so much. Like, we've got their first tuna today. It's such an exciting We're, fish to fish for. It really it, is. It is when they're hard to get. Like, how many times have I said to you, oh, I got three barrels today? And you don't care. I, what about the days when you go out and you go, I worked all day yesterday, all day today, and I got a bite just before dark? It's the best fish in the world when, you, when, you, when you're working. And when they're sunning themselves and you're consistently trawling over, you're changing your angles, you've spent a day casting bungees at them and you haven't got them, and then the next day, whatever you've clicked on, the plastics, for instance, all right, I've worked out what's working now. It's yes. the best feeling when it comes. And that's what I enjoy in fishing is that side of it. And like I said, it was no dig at bomb. It was just an example of how to... Different methods will different work, work on different days in sort of those different areas. And it's a good example. Keep asking questions. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, bloody oath. Yeah, especially when you're out like, well, pump your own ties up here with someone like me who has fished it for three what? or four days. That's what that's what it's there for. That's what charters are there for. That's what you talk about all the time. Wherever you go, you jump on a charter. You did one in Norfolk Island to catch fish and you would have asked him, 500 questions, a similar method to what, uh, what Bomber was doing, the same thing. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. Plenty more Real Adventures after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around thanks to Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au. New South Wales, Redmond. I did mention to you that I was borrowing your boat again. <laughs> the date is the 24th of February to the 4th of March for anyone wondering that I'm taking the big boat I 750. Did, I did wonder when you offered to pick up my boat uh, pre-Christmas. Oh yeah, I'll pick it up from Andrew. You then made Andrew drive it across, this is Andrew, well, Stephen from Melbourne Marine Centre. Andrew then good enough to bring the whole bloody thing down, load it onto the ferry yeah. so we could fish that morning. Patrick. And you've claimed, you have claimed that you've organised transportation of the boat. Patrick, like, you are on a very good wicket with your football, right? You're a tight ass. You bought a 750 <laughs> boat and you didn't even buy a car to tow it. So that's why, for legal reasons, I didn't want to die. But I've saved us. You have. The broke man from Ocean Grove Fisherman <laughs> has bought a ram. So I get my ram at the end of January and February. And this wasn't on the run, so I get it. So I had kicker. to go buy a car so you could physically tow your boat. So... It works sort of both ways now. You can borrow my car if you want to and go fishing, Pat. And we were, we were, we were discussing uh, the the important things around, like when you buy a car, what's important for a car, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and you spend a lot of your time thinking, you know, do I need these uh, like esky boxes yeah, the in the boxes. side of the car? And your justification for it was one of the funnier things that I've ever heard you say. And and it was, yeah, but that's where I'll put my tools. I don't even own a hammer. Because <laughs> if something goes wrong, it's like, Kane, something's wrong. Gibbsy, brother. Gibbsy, <laughs> it's like, need you to come and fix this. 
So yeah. I wasn't exactly sure see what... That, see that thumb there, that little black mark there where you get a blood blister on your nail? Yep. See how I did that? Yep. Building a house. <laughs> I got it stuck in a Kia Carnival door. And <laughs> <laughs> I've never used a hammer before. I got rid of the RAM boxes. But you know what it also did? Uh, was, no, you know what it is? It's the justification like, yeah, but I might use it. I might use a sunroof one day. If an oh, I love sunroofs. That was one of the things I wanted and I didn't get it. So what I ended up going was the Ram Express, which is the base model. Yes. I was actually going the Limited and they're about 175 grand. Which is ridiculous. I couldn't, I just couldn't justify... It's ridiculous. I couldn't justify it. I, the reason I'm buying this... Okay. This the reason I told it, Kari it, that I'm buying this, this, this is this my, new, my new boat 650 is close to the three and a half towing and for that my car can't tow. So Kari doesn't listen to the show because she hears enough crap out of my mouth during the week. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I said to her was I needed it by law to tow the car. I don't need it. I needed to tow your boat. I would love to, for all our listeners out there, please send through the, <laughs> the excuses that you've come up with to your partner Yes. Wife, husband, whatever. When it comes to the purchase of whether it's a new car or you've <laughs> bought a new boat because you've said, you know what, it's safer than the old one. Yeah, I told uh, her. I bought I told it for her, safety purposes. I told her this is going to. This is a safe car too. And I don't think it even has an airbag in it. <laughs> <laughs> the whip around. Uh, Thanks to Club Marine, <laughs> New South Wales. Uh, Marlon, the old Yeah, this Marlin. is good. This is what we are going on about before. Uh, <laughs> they're starting to sort of show their faces. They're still not there, Pat. They're, I've seen a couple of fish getting caught and the odd person getting a little bit lucky, but uh, wouldn't rush. Wouldn't rush, yeah. Just not quite yet. But there's, there's, good, there's good fishing um, on the inside reefs around Monty? Burmy. Yeah, around Monty at, at the moment. Yes, yeah. and the few kings showing up. And then on the Marlin front, those that are actually live, live baiting for Marlin, there's a lot of Makos. So there are plenty of options if you're on holidays at the moment out of Burma. You've got the kingfish, you've got the snapper, and you've obviously got potential of a marlin. And you've got the mako sharks that are in big numbers too. You're tipping as bronzies and tigers and whites and everything on that shelf. But, uh, yeah, the fishing's quite good there. Then heading offshore to Botany Bay and Port Hacking. So I said keyword offshore. There are a few kings inside that are smaller. Actually, ET, we need to get him on the show soon. He got some beautiful kings in the harbour. But he should have pushed out wide of the harbour because there's some kings up to 15 kilo being caught, Pat. Uh, like not just some, quite a few. And yeah. live bait's been the best method. So it's been very, very good on the kingfish front uh, in those areas of the Hacking and Botany Bay too. Uh, Queensland, Bribe Island is producing plenty of squid right now. No, no, read it properly because I've got this is a topic too. Squire. Squire. No, no, squire it says there. Sorry, it does. Okay, now I need you... What's a squire? I need. I, I, do you know what a squire is? Squire's loft is a brewery. <laughs> I know what that is, Patrick. Uh, do you know up from basically mid New South Wales onwards, they call snapper squire. No, I didn't know. Fully, that. like it's not snapper. It's fully squire. When I went up to Noosa and we're on the charter up there, they're like, "Oh, we're going to go chase a squire," and I'm going in my head, "What in the it's hell a is a squire?" And I'm, I just, oh yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, of oh, course I do. I oh, fish for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind a couple of squires. Pulled up a... Pulled up a... Have pulled up strength a, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Not pale ale, please. I pulled up a, I pulled up a snapper out of like two kilo and he goes, oh, that's a keeper squire. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so they call... In Queensland, they call him squire and that's a strong gotcha. word up there. I don't know why, how it changes because everywhere else is called snapper but he's called a squire. So Bribey Island has got plenty of squire or snapper. Uh, best, what's the best bait for him then? Squid and pillies. Yeah, basically. I was going to say, bend at elbow. 
the, yeah. best, <laughs> the best forum. <laughs> oh, great. You'll have uh, Stony Wood there soon too. Uh, Rivers of Brisbane right now, some huge threadfin being caught. And the unfortunate thing about this report is there is no location because it was strongly written that they won't tell us. <laughs> so if you've got any rivers around Brisbane that you potentially could hold them, get in there right now because they're on lures too, Patrick. Yeah, we, we face death threats weekly on our <laughs> report for going into too much detail around locations. Try, so our, try our insult put, guide. I've got more chance of dying. Put our <laughs> life on the line for, for you, our wonderful listeners. Hey, uh, Western <laughs> Australia, Metro Waters, off WA, producing some great marlin fishing. Yes, yeah, started. Fantastic. Big blue ones too. Reaching 150 plus kilos. Yep. The beauty, quite clearly, is that they're the closer in. You don't have to do some you know huge miles for them, which you do in other parts of the country. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, brilliant. And I think the fads have just gone out too, from memory as well. Uh, first week of Jan, I'm pretty sure. There was a bit of an argument, but there's fads have gone out off Metro as well. So that should be good too for the WA guys. Uh, land-based off Queens Beach has been produced. And just, your, your, we'll call it more your bread and butter species, Pat, your Trevally, Taylor, Flathead, and a few other ones along the line. Now, this is another question for you. What are muleys? And it's like, a genuine bait. Like, I don't know what it is. Like a bait. I know I, it's a I would bait. Say it's, I, would <laughs> say like a bait. I would say it's like a bait fish. I, I would like presume, I'm presuming sort of that too, but I, I need to. I was meant to Google it and I didn't, but I, I left it there. But a muley. Yeah, it's a bait. Yeah, well, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Go to South Australia, your old neck of the woods, Pat. Yeah, and Wallaroo. Done plenty of fishing at Wallaroo. Used to be for snapper. Unfortunately, the uh, snapper ban will continue to 2026. Uh, but the Wallaroo jetty is fishing well for garfish and squid in big numbers at the moment, which is fantastic because it is a school holiday, so it is a great time to take your kids down there. Uh, and little silverfish uh, for bait are working great for the guards. They're, how good are we going? The silverfish are found in your top drawer underneath your jocks too. <laughs> what That's a, what, what they what are, silverfish. <laughs> That's what they are. Adelaide Hills, have you ever been there? Yeah, I have. I fished them once for brown trout. And it's a little bit like the Otways in terms of the size. Like, they're not massive fish, um, even though um, the reports have been quite good. But the fish I've always got have never been, like, yeah. stonkers. We're not talking New Zealand. How are you getting um, them in there? I used to fish for them with selters. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can fly fish can, for can them. Can you fly? Is it over, I, overhead stuff in there? But or? I've only ever fished for them with, with selters. Much overhead stuff? Depends where you go. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna get. So if some, you don't go where the trees are, you'll be right. Well, you're gonna get some where the canopy is really quite low, and then it's obviously easier. Canopy, I like that little bit of inclusion of a word there. Yeah, nice. Isn't that was it? actually very good. Uh, heading to where are we going? Tassie. Tassie to finish. Uh, to finish us off anyway, Redmond. Yeah, people camping on the beach now. I love this camping on the beach for your holidays at Wine Glass Bay. Beautiful part of the world. Uh, it looks fantastic in the photos. Absolutely beautiful. Tassie is. I've never been there. Uh, <laughs> flatties while you're camping, widening off the beach, and even plenty of salmon around to keep you occupied. And then if you head to the northeast side of Tassie, uh, there's plenty of huge snapper. There has been multiple 10-kilo-plus really? fish yeah, being caught. Big, uh, 90 centimetre plus. That big fish. So plenty going on right around the country on the fishing side of things now that we are well and truly into well Victoria's sort of half into a summer but everyone else is into their summer period of the year that was the whip around this is real adventures for club marine get flexible cover for your jet ski boat motor trailer and gear all in one policy clubmarine.com.au we've got a quick little social club we take your questions from social media uh, just before we start to uh, well Heading to the back end of the show, we've got Bomber Farrell coming up very, very quickly. Uh, the first one's from Clarky Redman. When will we see the Kings in good numbers? Now, 
Any day, any any day now. So uh, water temperatures around that eighty yeah, degree mark. There, so it's yeah. warm. Depends what week it is because we have four days of hailstones. But at the minute, around Victoria, those kings are well and truly worth targeting. I would be definitely worth. Uh, I would definitely be targeting them right now. Western Port, uh, Port Phillip, and then Portland's got seen two fish over one hundred and twenty centimeters caught from fish. Portland last week. And then you've also got uh, the other side, which is the other joint called. We'll go with Malakuta Way. There's some kings getting caught down there too. I've got a few mates on holidays at Malakuta Caravan Park there. And down at Starbanks, <coughs> Starbanks, they got some beautiful uh, kings down there. Nothing real big down there, but beautiful fish. And then there was actually some caught uh, just on in Gippsland near uh, Port Welshville. There was some caught there nice. as well. So there's definitely, definitely worth targeting kingfish if you are on holidays right now. Uh, we've run out of time, Redmond. Yep, no so, more questions. <laughs> after the break, we have all aboard. Bomber Farrell is joining us. He's talking through the camper that he's building. He's travelling uh, around the country for the next 12 months and he just caught his... It's got to be a cracking trip. He, yeah. said, he explained it to me the other day. He's doing some cool stuff. He's a very lucky man. And he also caught his thousandth... Uh, thousandth? I can't pronounce it. He's caught 1,000 Thou- sailfish. <laughs> he's caught 1,000 <laughs> sailfish. No, he's caught 1,000... Billfish. Uh, so we'll chat to him a little bit about that as well. This is Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Now time for All Aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au. Our special guest this morning, Bomber Farrell. Morning, Bomber. How are you, mate? Good to talk. Good to talk, mate. Now, 1,000 billfish were tagged, or you've tagged throughout your fishing career. You did this late last year. Let's get straight into it. From when you first arrived Groot Island, which was where you've been for, correct me if I'm wrong, but 16, 17 years? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> About 17 years we nearly did there. To, to where you're at now, you've just moved from Groot. And we're going to talk about the um, the adventure that you're about to set off on, but bill fishing's been such a big part about your fishing journey. Yeah, it has. I suppose I think um, or I suppose you'd, you'd sort of resonate a little bit. You have a bucket list of fish that you want to catch, and as we went on a trip around Australia, which has been quite slow, um, I had a desire to like catch a billfish, and then I think once that we moved to Groot Island and the opportunity to catch that elusive fish sort of, you know, presented itself. I started and then um, it sort of really evolved from that because it's become a little bit of an addiction, um, just trying to catch one and then we caught one and then we caught a few more and and then it really just kept unfolding after that and I did spend a lot of time trying to catch those fish and that's how we ended up, <laughs> where we ended up, I guess. Now, you are you're leaving Groot and arguably, if Groot Island's not the best fishing destination in Australia, well, I think there'd be plenty of arguments that Exmouth is the second best and that's where you're off to next. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we used to live in Coral Bay uh, in Western Australia, which is just on the Ningaloo Reef south of Exmouth. And I think after you've lived remote for a long period of time, um, looking for that next sort of location that you're going to reside in, Groot Island has a lifespan. You can't live there forever, that's for sure. Um because of the nature of the location. And Exmouth was pretty well sort of a destination that we sort of had been to before and thought, well, it's not far from the Ningaloo Reef. We love it over there. It's remote. It's isolated. There is not 
million people here, so why not? That's going to be us. But it's not going to be for the next, well, at least 12 months. Tell us about the journey that you've uh, you've got ahead of you because I think it's something that a lot of people think about doing. You're actually doing it now. You're not retiring, but you're finishing up for 12 months and you're prioritising a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, well, that's right. We we did, well, to be honest, we did leave Melbourne 20, uh, nearly 20 years ago on a trip around Australia, except we just get, kept getting caught up living here and there and everywhere, and then Groot Island happened, and that's what happened. But then this time around, we've sort of committed, bit the bullet and gone, let's um, lease the place out in Exmouth for 12 months, and let's get a little RV and a tinny. Um, we've sold our boat, our North Bank on Groot, and... Um, Let's just do 12 months, mainly on the east coast of Australia and, and cruise around in a little camper and a little tinny and, and do 12 months of travelling with myself, Kel and Mishka, the pup, and um, go and see what, what we haven't seen, really. Uh, that's, I mean, it is a desire, I suppose, for so many Australians to get out and about and have a look around uh, this great big country and we're just sort of going to really commit to doing it this year. So let's talk about the process of, all right, we're going to travel around Australia. We're going to go on this adventure. Now we need somewhere to stay. And mm. is it secondhand market? What's the process around, all right, this is how we're going to travel by road, but we need somewhere to do it on. Is it caravan? Is it motorhome? What were those processes and where have you settled with what you're going to do? Yeah, that is a great question um, because so many people, when you go and do a trip like what we're about to, to do, you've got to compromise between every single aspect and, and then also how much money you've got to actually, you know, execute that plan. So what where we ended up was we sort of worked out that we have to have some sort of boat and I think you can appreciate why that would <laughs> of course. have to, that, I thought you'd live in a boat like before. number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've lived on, that's right. So we sort of worked out that we, we need a little tinny. Like you, I think a little tinny is sort of um, something that like I can just launch by myself even off the beach. So I started having a look at um, a boat. So we've settled on a four one five horizon tinny with a 30 Merc, which has been basically put together up at extreme Marine up on the Murray and we'll deck that out so that we can tow that behind a little RV. Now the RV selection, we were looking at some of those bigger sort of Iveco Mercedes Renault sort of styles that, you know, you can sleep in and whatnot, but you can't go down a dirt road. You wouldn't drive on the beach. Um, and we were doing a trip about 12 months ago and Kel sort of walked past this little Sherwood camper, at one of the Sun campers. It's a little um, E-series. And Kel's been going, that's perfect. It's like an RV we'd recently sort of similar had in America years ago. And I was like, had a look and I was like, righto, that's it. We need a little four-wheel drive that's fully self-contained that can we, we can tow down the beach, we can tow down a corrugated road, tow the tinny, launch, and be done with it. And I was like, yeah, perfect. So I had the idea of, yep, that's what we'll do. And then I spent, geez, I would have spent about six uh, six weeks or so like trying to work out a second-hand one, which pretty well non-existent. And if there was one for sale, they held their uh, price. So Yeah, they're about 250 grand at the moment. Oh yeah, for a thirty-year-old yeah, right. camper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And 
literally that's what happened. We found one, and I remember looking at the, the only one I could find that was online for sale was about 130 grand. <laughs> and I'm sort of like, it's eight years old, 85,000 Ks. It's not exactly um, what, like a new one. It's, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do that, and whatever. And then I was like, oh, look, let's just make a commitment here and let's just buy a brand new one, put the order in. And then I rang the, the team up there and I spoke to Michael. And uh, they were excellent to deal with, like brilliant, so good. Um, that was sort of reassuring, having a really good guy like that to deal with. And I'd gone to a few different campers and read a lot of reviews, and it was pretty well. That was one of the better ones for what we wanted. And um, basically, we went through and put all the extras on we wanted. And um, yeah, you pay a little bit more than 130 grand, but um, it was a bit short of 250, mate. I will say. Um, but but a 12 month wait. Um, and that's why a lot of planning, we, you know, for those sort of things that come in. But having it fully self-contained is really good for us. Um, we've got a lot of friends and family around the country and we'll be, you know, stopping on a few people's driveways, I think, along the way. And having it fully self-contained makes that really easy to do. One of the, I suppose, downsides of living in a, a fishing paradise is that people call in favours to come and spend a couple of days and that adds up when you've got as many mates as what you do, especially that love <laughs> fishing. So the aptly named uh, No More Favours is or was your North Bank boat. There's been a couple of No More Favours. Um, I love the idea behind the camper because it is Return the Favour is the name. So it is returning the favour from all the fishing trips of people that have come up north that have camped on your couch and your lovely wife, Cal's had to put up with. Well, now it's coming back the other way. That's right. You've got it totally. And I know we uh, had a funny chat a while ago about it. And uh, I think return the favour and you're dead right. Kel had the idea um, because, yeah, Kel's the one ultimately <laughs> put up with. A lot of people who have come and gone and will return the favour will make its adventure around Australia. <laughs> now, for those that are looking you know, in that camper space and in that market. Have you got any tips around the things that you did? Obviously, you, you said you spent, you know, a fair amount of time, you know, being off-grid was one and, and self-contained was a really important part around that construction. Um, is this something that'll that'll go anywhere? Is it is it sort of a, a hybrid in that sense? Like, where do you envisage taking it? Because you obviously you, you've got to balance the fact that you're actually towing a boat, so you you know, you're not going to take it down the gunshot, but you want to be no. able to go to, you know, remote places. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a there's a few of those things that come into it um, where you've got to have, you've either got to go full on four wheel drive to do all those things, like you said, to go down like a gunshot and that. Um, and but you, you're going to struggle to tell Timmy through that those sort of locations. So you've got to sort of work around it. You're going to miss things. There's going to be compromises. So you've got to sort of take that into consideration. Um, I also really wanted to think long term that um, we're going to be ultimately living in Western Australia on the, in the end and there are a lot of beaches down here and I can see what the potential is with the um, this RV is going to be quite easily, you know, able to tow the tinny down some of the beaches along the coast, up the coast uh, and doing those, that sort of type of all driving. You know, it's going to struggle to do and I wouldn't be towing it up some of the extreme fall driving in the high country. Um you know, so I mean, you've got that compromise, but then I look at it as the other RVs we're looking at have got to stay on bitumen road constantly. So we've been able to sort of meet a little bit halfway and 
and go to those other you know aspects that we can go and view. Well, we're very lucky because we're going to be following your journey right throughout your time off, uh, and we'll be touching base once a month. Return the favor adventures is the Instagram page. Bulma Farrell fishing, obviously. Uh, is where everyone knows you uh, on social media. Uh, Bomber, thanks for your time uh, this morning. We look forward to the adventures. Uh, I'm waiting for you to pull up in the driveway for a couple of weeks and watch the cats smash the hawks. And um, we'll touch base soon, mate. Oh, you're on. I'll see you then. See you. Thanks, mate. Bomber Farrell, our special guest on Real Adventures this morning. All four Club Marine get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. Reds Review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. It's now time for Reds Review, our product review of the week. And we're talking cleaning tables and this is definitely a uh, an important one off the back of the southern bluefin tuna that are going so well at the moment. They're a beautiful fish uh, to capture. They're a great fish to eat if you look after them well. But it beyond, it extends beyond just bleeding them and icing them. So much uh, lends itself towards filleting them properly. And to do that, Redmond. Yeah, we did it actually with yourself the other day. Uh, I've got one of these at home. Mine's actually a Bunnings one that I've got now. We don't have a lot of fish cleaning tables where I am. We've got one down the Barn River that's just been finished. Queenslift doesn't have one. Clifton Springs has got one, and there's a few others that don't as well. So cleaning fish can be a pain in the backside. If you spend 80 to about 130 bucks, depending on where you go, BCF will have them at times, Anaconda will have them at times. And like I said, I got mine from Bunnings Warehouse. Of course, they had it. And basically, it's a, uh, I guess it's probably, what do you reckon, it's 1.2 wide, uh, What's the material out of it? Is it just plastic, do you think, on top? It's just plastic, yeah. but it's reinforced underneath. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I was about to get into. Yeah, it's reinforced with like a, a steel um, support shell, basically. Yep. Yep. Kogan have one at the moment that's $230, so that'll be yeah, at, that's at the top one. end range. Yeah, that'll be very got good quality. Sink built in that you chuck a, um, you connect a hose to underneath. But yep. by and large, what we're they, talking about is something that's sort of 1.2 long, Half metre wide. The thing that I like about them, and the, re- the, the reason they're in the review is, you can literally, oh, well, nearly every person that's at a ramp is in a ute, is in a ute these days, aren't they? Hilux yep. or yep. bloody Ford uh, Ranger or Amarok like me, or a Ram. Uh, but they, uh, <laughs> they, um, you can chuck them in the back of your car and anywhere that doesn't have fish cleaning facilities, there's, I come home every day to clean my fish and the missus gets so angry because you, I always leave the frames out the front to take the next day or in two weeks' time. And, she, <laughs> and so you can actually put them in the ute and clean your fish down at the ramp. So that's what I like about them. You fold the legs up and they take up no room. They lay flat in the back of your tray. No one even knows what's there. And you could literally clean your fish down at the ramp. For You've got a couple hundred dollar one there. That would be a good one. I've paid 130 for mine. And mine has... I literally clean barrel bluefin on it. And it has not collapsed or broken at all. So they're a great, great thing to have uh, if you are... I guess, even staying in a caravan park, Pat, and you're going away, they're a great thing to have to uh, help you out cleaning cleaning your fish wherever you are. The one that we uh, that we sort of reviewed as, as our main table was from Kogan, kogan.com. It's 235 bucks. You plug your hose into uh, some hosing that's already built into the table. It's got a little bin. Uh, it is really quite a good setup. So for more information, head there. That is Red's Review. 
You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the Flying Gap. I'm, I'm straight into this, Redman. Well, where um, out the tip? No, no, you can hold the tip All for right. the back end of this, but um, we're, we're Gades, man. Gades? Yeah. We're the Gades. Are you? Yeah. I'm the, I'm the Sixers. I follow the cricketer. Cameron White, he's so. coach of the Sixers. So I've had to move from the Renegades to the Sixers. Well, my man Finchie, Aaron <laughs> Finch, captain of the Renegades. Club. Yes. Uh, Adam Zampa gets the gaff this week. After you can't gaff a vegan, Pat. <laughs> he gets the gaff after his fabled attempt to, uh, what's it called? Man, man cat. Yep. One of the Renegades batsmen blew up in his face because he was pretty much still in his crease. Um, didn't work, no. Just didn't like the smell. Didn't like the I smell. I don't think anyone did. And Something I'm pretty sure the Melbourne Stars people were booing him as well. Those Melbourne Stars. Something Does anyone like them. Melbourne Stars? Something I'm a Renegades man as well. Anyway, Adam Zampa, you have been gaffed. He's not going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> SEN Sports Show, how good are we going? Uh, now time for Red's tip before we really get the sack. Uh, Pat, this is a bit of a gaff too. Oh, like it. Driving on the wrong side. Oh. <laughs> I'm so over the people on the water sometimes. Like, you get your license these days out of a wheat fix box sometimes. I'm not joking. It is that easy to get a boat license. It's just stupid. Yeah, I like, don't mind this. It, it is just crap how easy it is. People generally don't know which side to drive on on the water. Now, cars, left side. Boats, right side. The amount of people that are driving on the same side as a car, you're doing a car down the Queenscliff Creek or the Bowen River, and some of the people think they fish and they're gurus and they're still going the wrong way. It <laughs> actually blows my mind. I don't understand how you can get a boat license and still drive <laughs> on the wrong side. Like, and, 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 not, and not just that, the markers. Like, keep the markers on the right side as well, like red to red. Like, it's not hard to do that. And the amount of people I've seen on sandbars hitting the bottom through the river like it's not hard there's two massive boys there one's red one's green stay in the middle of it like it's you've hit the bar mate no i haven't oh <laughs> well well judging by, here in four hours <laughs> judging by the sheer amount of sand that's behind you yep. i reckon the, the engine might be just crazy the, uh, some of the simple things that you should just know on the water like driving on the right side it's not hard to do. So Red's tip is drive on the right red side to red. on the water. Red to red. Drive on the right side when you are travelling through, I guess, any anywhere on the water. Not just in an inlet or in a creek where you're travelling past boats. Even when you're on the water, pass on the right, right side. I think that's the show, Pat. That's the show. We've got a massive uh, Real Adventures for 2023. We're looking forward to bringing it to you each and every week. We'll see you on the water.